What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 15 of Throwing Bows, brought to you by the Coda Sports Gambling Network. Uh, today, we got picks for UFC 269. We got some guests, but before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about Moneyline Dice. Throwing Bows is sponsored by Moneyline Dice. Moneyline aims to revolutionize the sports betting market through the creation of both functional and novelty products that sports bettors of all levels will enjoy. Spotted by its golden peaks, the Moneyline logo symbolizes winning and winning big. Featured products include Moneyline Sports Betting Dice, Moneyline Sports Betting Pocket Notebook, Snapback Hat, and more. Go to their website, moneylinedice.com, and use promo code CODA10, K-O-T-A-10, to receive 10% off your next order that's promo code coda 10 kota 10 for 10 percent off your next order i got some dice from there i got a notebook from there it's like an mma notebook it's kind of sick actually you can like score rounds and write your bets and shit it's it's cool um but yeah okay. like i said we got ufc 269 uh picks today and we we got some guests we got the boys in the house jt alex what's up guys how are you guys doing not much what's good my man not much, not much. Just got off work, having a drink, nothing worse, nothing better. Yeah, you can't complain when you're sitting here with the legendary <laughs> The absolute dream just doesn't get much better. Uh, so we had UFC Vegas 44 last weekend. Rafael Fazeev looked awesome. Jose Aldo looked awesome. Were you guys able to watch the fights? Were you able to catch them? I actually, I was pretty sick last weekend. I fell asleep during the Aldo fight. Nice. Uh, but no, I watched the Fazeev fight. Um it was all a fever dream, though. I was on a lethal amount of NyQuil the entire time. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, although although looked good from what I remember, and then Faziz was just giving getting the better of Rydell the entire time. Like it was just, it seemed like a power mismatch on that one. And yeah, it was, it was pretty good fights. Yeah, it was a, it was a solid card. I was I was really happy with it overall. I mean, dudes are beasts, and Jose Aldo is one of my top like three favorite fighters so i was pretty pretty happy to see him when i actually that's where the max holloway thing comes from huh (laughs) it's all right it's all right i knew it there somewhere yeah i mean i just you know max he's just not my guy but but i (laughs) i I was i actually took rob font i thought that there was a chance that uh Aldo wasn't going to really throw those leg kicks, but he didn't really need to, honestly. He just, he just looked so much better at everywhere, and it was, it was awesome. It was cool to see. Um, so I have three prelims I want to talk about before we get into the main card here. Um, and I kind of want to start with the – actually, I, I believe this is the headliner, the prelims. Dan E. versus Josh Emmett, 145-pound uh, matchup here, two – Big time names, two dudes with big time power. I mean, uh, Josh Emmett just beat Shane Burgos. He's three and zero in his last three. Um, you know the dude. The dude's a monster. Dan Ige, very good on the other side. Um, but he is the underdog at plus one thirty five. Josh Emmett minus one sixty five, and uh, fight will go the distance is minus one fifty five. So what do you what do you guys like here? I so. I have bet against Dan Ige. I think you actually got mad at me on Twitter originally for slandering Dan Ige, and then he nearly knocked out Edson Barbosa. Uh, but I that's why it's going to be really hard for me to not bet on Ige plus money here. If he's plus money, like, I mean, he's the dude can knock anybody out. He's really a good fucking fighter. And Emmett's been around forever. He kind of feels like a gatekeeper at this point, where it's like he doesn't seem like he's never even the top, but he could break, like, top three at a time maybe sneaking a title shot by some chance, but he's no champ by any means. So I, 
I kind of gotta go Ige here just because he's proved me wrong some like so badly that one time I was really heavy against him and I just from then on I just have to kind of ride with the dude. Yeah, I yeah. What do you think? I'd, I'd probably go the same same boat there. I'm a uh, I've kind of been a big Ige fan just because he usually I've never seen a boring fight out of him, and so I'm I'm typically a big Ige fan and especially with what he's been doing lately, you know, knocking out Barboza. You know, his last fight, he lost the Korean zombie, but it was a five-round war. It was, yeah, you know, he lost the Cater five. before that. It's like, yeah, exactly. Like, Calvin Cater's a hell of a fucking fighter. Like, this dude's good. So, like, he, he's clearly up there in the mix of top 10 fighters. So, I, I think this will be a really good stylistic matchup. I think it'll be a really entertaining fight. I'm just going I, – I think I'm going Ige due to my slight bias towards him. That makes with the plus money. It's mm-hmm. nothing against Josh Emmett. I think Josh Emmett's a good fighter. I just, you know, he's he's just not active enough for me to put a whole lot of confidence in him. I, yeah. I guess is, is my thing. You know, he, he he hasn't lost since what 2017, 2018. You know, when I think that was the Jeremy Stevens or something like that. But it's like I I don't know. I just the names on Danny Gay's list. The even even when Danny Gay loses, it's you know you, you kind of turn your head and take notice of Danny Gay, so that's kind of why I'd go with him there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you as well. Um, I, I like Ige in this fight. It's it's going to be close, and I, I think the price is probably probably pretty fair based on what we've seen from them lately. But again, Ige's not losing to bad fighters, you know, so it's not really an, a knock on him. I and mean, it's just more on this winning streak right now, and I feel like this is more of the, uh-huh. the step-down in competition that Ige is looking for to, to get that win. But Yeah, to get, you know, start that, start that role for him. I exactly. think this is a perfect it's, setup fight. It's going to be a banger of a fight no matter what. But I want to move on. I want to talk about two hard-hitting heavyweights on this card, Aguso Sakai versus Taitu Ivasa. These dudes are pick them right now, minus 110 each. Uh, will fight go the distance? Uh, yes is plus one eighty. No is minus two forty. Uh, you know what? Do, what are you guys thinking here? Personally, I I love Ty Tuivasa. I love him so much. Like I love his personality. I, I love his fights. I just have Augusto Sakai here. I think the line shows a little bit that Ty Tuivasa is a fan favorite, and Sakai's not getting that same love just because he's not a household name. Whereas Sakai does. A lot of the same things to Avasa does, and he does some things better than him, in my opinion. You know, uh, w- one example is Sakai beat that Blaggy Ivanov just last year, who was, you know, kind of handled Tai to Avasa. Tai to Avasa didn't really leave the ground against him, and that's kind of one of his biggest weaknesses, in my opinion. Once you get him down, he just kind of fucking lays there. He's not going to give much to get up, and I think Sakai will be able to take him down at least and control him. I don't know if he's going to be able to ground and pound and maul him down there, but I think he will be able to control the fight due to that. Mm-hmm. I will never be mad with Ty Tuovasa winning and everyone getting to enjoy a shoey afterwards. Like that's always fun. But if I'm betting, I'm, I'm taking Sakai here. Yep. No, I, I have like a love date with Ty Tuovasa because like I do get hyped up. His tattoos are sweet. Like he looks really good, but dude, he gets knocked out. Like, like that one knockout, I don't know who it was against, but that that was traumatizing to watch. It was a 300-pound man get crumpled. And he just the, – the game plan to beat Tai Tuavasa is very simple. Like everybody knows it. Like if you're just a little bit better at striking, you're going to beat him. Or if you have any grappling, you can pretty much beat him. Like it's really just 
don't be a heavyweight that swings and you have a real good chance of beating Tai Tuovasa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to go against him here. I just don't think he has the grappling to hang with this. You can't, you can't really ignore that right now. But again, Tai winning is always fun. So I'm keeping him away from any bets. And, and exactly like, it's a pay-per-view. Um, my boy Beefy Latifi actually brought this up earlier. He said it's a pay-per-view. Tai Tuivasa feeds off pay-per-views. He loves the crowd. He loves, you know, getting to go do the shoey in the crowd for afterwards. Sure. Um, so that's something to look out for. He it's gonna be an electric atmosphere, and Augusto Sakai really hasn't had all the experience that Tai Tuivasa has. But I will say again, I like to look at fighters' losses, like who are they losing to? Um mm-hmm. for Augusto Sakai, it's Alistair over him and Jarzino Rosenstrike. Uh-huh. Okay. Ty is just losing to, to worse fighters, is my point. Yeah. So, like, yeah, for I'm, sure. For for Ty, this might be a little bit of like a step down in competition against who he used to fight. But there the he, yeah. he's at right now is mm-hmm. not as high as, as as we've seen in the past. And and that's you know, it's not. Yeah, a I, kind of guy. I feel. I, I feel like Ty's still living off a little bit of that early hype of his career, you know, where people forget that he lost three in a row and had to be handed Stephen Shrew, Harry Hunsucker, and Greg Hardy. Yeah, those dudes aren't UFC fighters. Stephen Shrew is a UFC fighter. Those other two dudes aren't even UFC. That was Shrew's last fight, though. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. that's a very expired. Yeah. Stephen Whereas Shrew. Augusto Sakai's last three fights were all Strovery and Jarzino Rosenstruck and Blaggy Ivanov, who yeah. beat. Tied to Avasa, yeah. it's like it's it's tough to overlook those things. Rosen Strike might be as good as an old truth. I think Rosen Strike's awful, but like, yeah. But again, hey, no. he puts people out, and so so it's it's tough. It's tough. Um, we got to look out for the tied to Ivasa, like. Like I said, review hype, but Augusto Sakai is a better fighter at this point in their careers, in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. at, at Pickham just kind of seems like a steal. But again, this is heavyweights. It's a low unit play. Um, I always preach that. Don't go big on heavyweights because they can literally finish each other with yep. tab. Like it, it really, yeah. at, especially at the lower levels, it's just not, not nearly as skill-based. But the last prelim... I want to talk about with you guys, Pedro Munoz, Dominic Cruz, another pick them minus 110 each. Um, I'm absolutely juiced for this fight. Uh, will fight go the distance? Yes. Minus 190. No. Plus 145. I don't really see that. these guys getting a finish. Um, but this is a really, really interesting fight. Like really interesting. What Dominic Cruz do we see? You know, he, he looked good against Casey Kenny, but he, he didn't look unbelievable it's a split decision obviously he got dominated by Cejudo whether you call it an early stoppage or not he was dominated by Cejudo um, and then before that was four years off like he's he's Mm -hmm. active it's so hard to tell Um, but Pedro Munoz is not the same Pedro Munoz that Cody Garbrandt even though his losses are to Aljo Frankie Edgar which I think he won uh, Jose Aldo and he, he beat Jimmy Rivera like I don't know. It, watching him in that Jose Aldo fight was just, it was a little disappointing. It didn't, it didn't look like the same Pedro Munoz that, that was like fun to get excited about. And I feel like Dominic Cruz, again, this is kind of his, where he thrives, you know, like the, the pay-per-view aspect is, is what he's been brought up on. So uh, he has the, the more experience and I don't know. Pedro Munoz just had has not looked good lately, and even though Dominic Cruz hasn't looked incredible either, um, I I got a side with experience here. I think I'm going to go Dominic Cruz. 
matchup. I'm I'm the same way. I think the problem with like the Casey Kenny fight is like Casey Kenny's actually not like terrible. I think he that dude was just fighting to stay with Dominic a lot of that. Like it it I don't know. It just like that fight, like I like Dominic Cruz isn't ranked right now. I'm pretty sure he's unranked or he's like 10th or something. Yeah. He's ranked really low. Like yeah. he went from title shot to being dropped to prelims. Yep. Really quick. And I don't really understand any of it. He still had the same footwork. He still has all of that. He's not gonna really get knocked out. And so I like I have to go with advantage of Dominic Cruz. The only way I can see him losing is like he's just getting touched up while he's moving and he's lose on loses on a point battle to Munoz, which I don't think Munoz is really that kind of point fighter where he's gonna stay patient, not get eaten up by Dominic when he's moving in and out and like stay patient to a game plan throughout an entire fight because it's the only way you can really beat Dominic outside of Cejudo knocking him out. Um, so I got to go with Dominic here. I haven't really looked at the lines for this one, but yeah. I, I gotta go. So like it, yeah, know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's tough. <clears throat> yeah. I think both you boys hit the nail right on the head. I mean, they've both been relatively inconsistent fighters for the past, you know, five years. For whatever it's for whatever reasoning that is, Dom Dominic when he's in the cage is a consistent fighter, but you know hasn't been in the cage enough to do that. And then when he steps back in after his layoff, he has put together three. You know, he was three. really consistent for the four years he didn't fight. Yeah, it was the most consistent there. Yeah, so. it was the most consistent there. But yeah, like Pedro, you don't know if he's gonna. You know, he can go in there and knock out Cody Garbrandt. That one wasn't super impressive to me. That was just he won a firefight. Yeah, they, and, both, and, they both stepped in a telephone booth and started swinging, and his landed. Cody's did it like well, he has a paper thing. It's not, you know. <laughs> yeah, kind of it, that feels like a Cody Garbrandt loss more than a Pedro Spinos. Yes, yeah. yes, that's yeah. a perfect way to put it. Perfect yeah. way to put it. And it's just to me where these guys are so level, they're so even. They've both been so inconsistent. It's hard to read. I think you guys hit it perfectly. Where you side with the experience there. You side with the guys. Look at the guys Dominic Cruz has been in the ring with, compared to the guys Pedro Munoz has been in the ring with. Like, if if it's close to a toss up, and then you look at their resumes, how do you not take Dominic Cruz there? Yeah, you know, what I mean? so that that's kind of where I lean with that. I agree. It's hard. It's hard not to take the uh, experience there, and that that's going to be a banger of a fight. I'm I'm kind of sad mm-hmm. that that doesn't end the prelims, but I understand that Egan and Emmett, it's going to probably be a, a better Fireworks. war. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think that they like to try to get people that watch. Yep. And, uh, oh, there's a chick. There's a main, there's a chick, uh, chick fight on this one. Oh, yeah, there isn't really one that they could replace this with yeah. on the main card either. No, you can't. Yeah, it's, I, I think that the main card is so loaded, and, and speaking of the main card, I say we get right into it and talk about our boy Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, coming in as a minus 310 favorite against Holly and Paiva, who is plus 245. What do you guys think of this fight? What do you think of this line? Um, how are we feeling about the Sugar Show? I You can go first on this one. Um, I don't know. I I love Sean O'Malley. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I I think Sean O'Malley is a better fighter. I think he, I think he'll win. I just think... To me, this is one I probably will stay away from just because I think his numbers get so inflated because of his hype, because of his personality, because of, you know, he is the sugar show. But like I and that's that's just a lot for a dude who had to get stretchered out for a fucking leg kick. Like, you know, minus minus 350 is a shitload for a dude who can we've seen can get beaten by 
less than other guys. Yeah. You know, that we, we've seen guys get legs give out like his did, and they continue to try to fight on it. Well, the thing that's fucked is he, he, out he has one. O'Malley he has a fight where, yeah, yeah, where he literally broke his foot in the cage, finished the fight, won the fight by the decision, uh, finished the fight on his back. He was going to lose, but actually, it was a real fight. But like, you know, like mm-hmm. in chapter, th- I, I'm really confused by that one scene where it was just like, dude, like, how did Judo beat Demetrius Johnson with that same shit? Yeah, dude, yeah, he beat that, Demetrius that, Johnson. That's what I, yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. I, like this shit, that shit's a, it's a tough look. It's a really tough look, and it's hard to put. It's hard to put your money on a minus 350 plus favorite if you know they're not going to give it their all at every moment, you know? Yeah. Like, because that one, he clearly didn't give it his all. Like, he's dude, been he's injured dead. multiple times. Like, like, oh, yeah. Like, it's not, it's not like a rare occurrence. Like, he's been injured twice in fights and he was lucky mm-hmm. enough to win the one. I think it, maybe against like Andre Sugumtoth or something. I, I forget exactly who it was, but he didn't he just let Sean O'Malley lay on the ground and like jumped in his guard. And it's like, what are you doing? Just make the dude stand up. His foot is broken. If you, mm-hmm. yeah. you can just knock it, like either knock him out or keep kicking him or something. Like he's not going to beat you on the feet. Um, and I, I think Holly and Piva is, is extremely underrated. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he, you know, he fought Kyler Phillips most recently. He won. Uh, it was, it was kind of a war. Like his chin was rock solid the entire time, but he's going to, get in your face and he's going to keep going and going and going. And if Sean O'Malley doesn't put him away early, it could get ugly. I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a firefight. And Alex, like you said, I think minus three ten is a, is a wild line. That's a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of juice uh, against a really good fighter in Hollyan Paiva. And again, Sean O'Malley is one of, if not the most precise strikers in the UFC, he's going to pick his battles. He's going to just like get his shots in but if Paiva makes it ugly, mm-hmm. like it could really be there. I mean, Paiva by decision plus seven fifty. Um, yeah. Paiva by by like knock it by finish uh, plus four twenty five. What's mm-hmm. what's Sean O'Malley by finish? Or... Sean O'Malley by knockout is plus one ten. Sean O'Malley by finish is even money. Um, so like yeah, like my thing with Pavia is he kind of seems a lot like Eddie Wyland. Cool. Uh, O'Malley knocked out. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like this is a veteran who's like, oh, he's a warmonger. He has a crazy chin, you know. He's been he's been in the WEC. He's been everywhere. He's fought crazy fights. Every like this dude has a long record. You know, he has a decent chin. And it was like Sean O'Malley just landed a nice straight on his chin, and he shut his lights out. Where it's like, if any, if I throw money on anything, it would be that plus one ten Sean O'Malley knockout. They maybe hedge a little on fucking Pavia plus 750 for a decision in case it's like a real, like, yeah, but yeah, um, it's it's gonna be interesting. Um, yeah, I, ju- I just think it's a little disrespectful to have a minus 350 or minus 310, whatever it is, when the dog, the guy who's a fucking dog, is 21 and three. Yeah, like yeah. it's not like this guy's a bum. He it's almost has be... had more professional fights than Sean O'Malley. Exactly. Like he's he's seen more than Sean O'Malley. It's just Sean's more talented. It but if this depends. dude can find a way to not play Sean's game, like he has a chance okay. for sure. It just depends who who makes it their fight. You know, who yeah. makes it their mm-hmm. style of fight. If Paiva makes it his style of fight, I'm not saying he's gonna win, but he he's got a he's got a chance. Um, so Sean O'Malley, he has. 
an old pal, Cody Garbrandt, on this card. Um, Cody Garbrandt and Kai Kara France. Uh, Cody Garbrandt coming in at minus 145. Um, coming in flyweight against Kai Kara France, who is plus 120. This is going to be wild. A lot of Kai Kara France money starting to come in. I know this line it has shifted a little. Um, I think Cody was a heavier favorite early, but this is going to be wild. I mean, Sean O'Malley hates Cody Garbrandt. Well, he doesn't hate him. He just likes talking shit to him because Cody will respond. But um, could we potentially see these two match up in the future? Maybe. But for now, Cody Garbrandt draws Kai Kara France. And I think it's going to be an absolute wild fight. This is one of those where I can't say I know what's going to happen. Um, what Cody Garbrandt do we see? Do we see Cody Garbrandt who knocked out Rafael Sunsau and just, just flattened him? I mean, Cody Cody did not necessarily look good in that fight. No, 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 no. Even though, even though he is, like, coming off – not coming off of that win, but that was his last win, um, the dude is one and four in his last five. And, yeah, it's to sure. TJ Dillashaw twice, but Pedro Munoz and Rob Font is good, but, like, it's not like he's – unbelievable and Kaikar France is is good he's very underrated like he's very talented he's got a decent amount of power like he's put some dudes out before um but we'll see Cody's chin I think it's going to deteriorate even more like it, it's tough to go down from 135 to 125 uh look at TJ Dillashaw when he fought Henry Cejudo it, it's tough because your chin your body in general doesn't take it well and Cody, uh, Cody looks really good though. Don't get me wrong. And he says he feels good. That this should should have been his natural weight for a long time. He's saying, um, and Kaikar France isn't you know the top of the division here, but again, he's beaten a lot of dudes. And his last two losses are Brandon Royval and Brandon Moreno. So it's not like, yeah. And to clarify, the Brandon Royval one was a you know Kaikar France is a striker. He doesn't fancy you know. And an up-and-coming guy, your submissions are going to be a little – your grappling is going to be a little weaker. You haven't worked on that yet. And Roy Val is a very good submission guy, and he yeah, locked him up in that. Like, that's not – Doesn't Kai kind of have, like, 30-some fights, though? Yeah, 31. He's 22 and 9. Yeah. But, like, I I want to bet on – I just want to bet on Kai Kara so I don't have that money on Cody Garbrandt. It's basically where I'm at with this. Are you a Cody Garbrandt hitter? No, I'm a Cody Garbrandt lover who bet on him two times against TJ Dillashaw and then lost money again on him on Pedro Munoz. So I'm going to not bet on him ever fucking again. I I don't hate the dude. He just let me down more times than I can. It's he, like He's kind of the example of what happens when you can't, you know, walk or back up your smack talk. He's what happens if, you know, Conor McGregor couldn't win after he does all that trash. You know, Garbrandt likes to, you know, he likes to run his mouth. He he fancies himself as one of the most confident people and the, and then but when you go one and four that's not too cute people nah. fans don't like that people will hop off your bandwagon real quick and that's what we're looking at yeah i think he's like the perfect example of somebody who couldn't handle the pressure um once he got to the title i think i think that kind of fucked him up doing it so early and then having to come back and battle back after he's already done that i think that's a long that's a really hard thing for him to overcome and he's just i I think he's just spoiled goods at this point. 
Um, I he's th- still a freak striker with crazy speed. I think like, he has all the athletic abilities to be a champion. What he's like a long time consistent champion. What he's missing is the mental part of it. Mm-hmm. He the, the point the fact that he still will hop into firefights at will. When you that, that's the only reason you fight ever is because you hop into firefights with no chin. Well, now you're going down ten pounds. That chin's not going to get any better, buddy. So you have to stop hopping into firefights if you want to be successful because he's a very talented striker and he has way more power than anyone else down at the, especially now down at flyweight. Yeah. Like if that power transfers from 135, he had upper tier power for 135. So now going down to 25, if he's a precise striker and picks and chooses his battles and picks and chooses his strikes and makes them play his game, yeah, he could be great. The thing is, I just don't think he's mature enough and can handle his emotions enough to do that. I think he gets hit in the face and it's like a kid in the schoolyard who gets hit in the face. Oh, God damn, I'm going to hit him back harder in the face and just start swinging. It's like you can't that, that doesn't work in the UFC. It worked for a while. I got you where you were really quick and then people figured it out. It's like, OK, I can be a worse fighter than this guy and I can beat him by fucking talking shit to him, hopping in his face and he'll just fucking flail. Yeah. yeah. And Kai Car France, a dude that's never been. Well, he was knocked out once in 2012. Cody Garbrandt coming in by knockout at plus 165, and Kai Car France coming in by knockout at plus 300. So that should be interesting. Should be a fun fight, no matter what. I do like that line as well, Jay. I, 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 I might, I might play I see a that solid amount, um, amount of money on Kai Car France by knockout. Yeah, I like that that's intriguing. Um, that's very intriguing. But let's move on. Uh, the last fight before the championship fights. Jeff Neal versus Santiago Pontinibio. Um, JT, I want to start with you because Jeff Neal, our boy, pulling a page out of your boy John Jones' book, getting a DUI on fighting. <laughs> I am excited to uh, – I, I can't believe he's fighting. I mean, this was like last week he got a DUI. I can't believe he's uh-huh. fighting. But, I'm, you know, again. All he has to do is get an Uber to the stadium and he's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jeff Neal coming in – as a minus or a plus 110 underdog and Santiago Ponzinibbio coming in as a minus 130 favorite. What do you guys like here? So I am going to actually, I'm going to go with Jeff Neal. I, my thing is Ponzinibbio, he's had such breaks in between. Like he was supposed to be this like dog at 70 that just was just waiting to come back. And then he came back and he had a pretty, yeah yeah he had uh nobody and he lost to the dude that lost the the leech that lee jing liang who is it you know he's not a bum but he's definitely middle you know he's middle of the pack there in 170 yeah yeah he's he's a gatekeeper for sure and that's so that's not a and it it wasn't like a long drawn out battle or something no lee fucked him up yeah Lee, lee fucked him up like it was it and was, like it and wasn't like, a good look. He's going for fighting the Miguel Beza, which ten and two, okay. But you're jumping from gatekeeper to another gatekeeper who's also pretty fucking good in Jeff. Yeah, kind of a freak athlete. He's he's pretty fucking. Good. He hurts people too. I mean, he yeah, hurts people. He likes to hurt people. Yeah, and and I just think I think Ponzinibbio is just pretty soft. I think he's too soft for Jeff Neal. Is really what it's going to break down to that. That leech fight cost me a lot of money, so I'm gonna bet on the opposite. It's basically you can guess a trend here, but yeah, no, I, I, I think this is kind of another good example of I think Ponzinibbio is probably a better athletically gifted fighter, but because he spent three years outside of the ring while Jeff Neal was still in there doing the damn thing, 
and fighting against, you know, Neil Magny's and Stephen Thompson's and Kamara like, the, Usman, like, I'm sure. like, like these, these good names, like these, these yeah. solid names, whereas Ponzinibbio has, you know, he took three years off, hopped in there and got his ass whooped by Li Jing Liang and then hopped in there with Miguel Baeza or whatever guy that, you know, not really much of anything and goes to a three round decision with him. It's like, I, that's not what we're looking for. I, I just, I've seen a lot more out of Jeff Neal to instill confidence in me in this fight within the past couple of years, within his past couple of fights, then I, th- there's really nothing to instill confidence with Ponzinibbio unless you go back to before he took a three-year break from the UFC, I guess is my, my kind of take on it. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. It's like Jeff, Jeff Neal's, you know, he's been, he, he's beaten good. Belial Muhammad, good fighter. He's beaten. Nico Price. You know, like he, yeah. he's, he's been in there with some dogs. He, he knocked out Nico Price. He like, not he. I mean, hands of steel for a reason, and I love exactly. Man, I love what Saif Saeed does down there. Um, he hurts people really, and that's why I was so excited for him. Like after watching him beat Belal Muhammad, after watching him knock out Nico Price, after watching him knock out Mike Perry, which in 2019 was a good knockout. Yeah, I'm really excited for him. They give him Stephen Thompson. That's a tough one for a striker to win. Like you're just not gonna outstrike Wonder Boy, and unless you knock him out, you're not gonna beat him. And you're not knocking him out unless you're Anthony Pettis and getting lucky. Um, and then Neil Magny, I, again, that, that's a fight I thought he could have won. And it just, it was a little disappointing again. I don't want to be let down again by Jeff Neal. And I think this, this DUI stuff is probably a little bit of a distraction, but like, I don't know. Or not. I can't really, <laughs> I can't really lean with Ponzinibbio. Like I, I can't, what has he done for me lately kind of thing? Um, yep. he, he just hasn't I, I don't know he hasn't shown me much in his return to the UFC and so I uh, I, I think I'm gonna lean the the plus money Jeff Neal here as well I feel like that is a good that is a good line yeah it, it's, it's another one of those examples like we hit on before I think we've just seen even we've seen more in Jeff Neal's losses than we did even in Ponzinibbio's win you know yeah. what I mean and yeah, whereas he, he looks better even in his losses. He looks good, like a better fighter than even Ponzinibbio looked in that three-round decision against the... And if Jeff Neal is anything like John Jones, he's definitely calling in God right about now for a fucking care package. And it, he's going to be juiced up, ready to go for the fight. So um, Jeff Neal by knockout plus 175. Pons by knockout plus 215. Pons by decision plus 225 some interesting lines there. Um, but I do want to move on and get into our co-main event of the evening. Wow. Um, this one is just domestic violence. It is what it is. Uh, Amanda Nunes <laughs> versus Juliana Pena plus 600. Juliana Pena has been talking a lot too. And I feel like that might be a mistake. Um, Juliana Pena has been, she's been talking just so much smack and she's good. She is. She's a good fighter. Don't get me wrong. She's been around for a long time. Um, she's seen a lot, um, but she's not every, again, this seems like one of those things where every time she gets a step up in competition, she loses. And obviously Amanda Nunes is a step above a step up in competition. She's the GOAT. Uh, I don't really see how Amanda Nunes loses this fight. Juliana Pena is is good. Again, she's she's good. She's talented. Um, 
But again, something I do want to point out, though, is her two UFC losses to Valentina Shevchenko and GDR have both been by submission. We know what Amanda Nunes likes to do. And Amanda Nunes by submission is plus 425. Damn. Plus 425 is crazy odds for fighting a girl that gets submitted all the time, basically. And when you're minus a thousand on the money line, like give me plus four twenty five all day. I love that For line. Sure. One of my best bets in the night, honestly. Um, I love that line. Even if she, even if she doesn't do it, like again, that's that's great. Uh, you can get her by um, knockout at minus two seventy five. Juliana Pena, if you if you want to take her, she's not knocking out Amanda Nunes or submitting her. Um, <laughs> you might as well take by decision at plus twelve. Um, what so, do you guys think? Violence, killing, uh, what is this? I just want to, like, address how shitty this division is, that this woman is one and one in her last two. She had lost one. She had just, she's she's she, two and two in her last four. Yeah, but, like, she, she literally just lost one and then won one and got a, a title shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That, that's, that is so bad. And, okay, so Jessica I also talked a lot of shit the week of her title fight. And she got fucking murdered. Mm-hmm. And it, like, that's why, what's the knockout odds? I'm going to assume they're less. Minus 275 for knockout. Minus 275 for knockout? Yeah. Plus okay. 425 for submission. Yeah. I, you, submission's the way to go then. Because, like, Nunez can. I feel like she'd want to punch in the person's face who fucking talked a lot of shit. But. She also might just want to submit somebody and head home to her kids and her wife. So I don't know. I, yeah, I, I gotta, I usually stay away from these ones unless it's like throwing it in a parlay of just like an anchor, an anchor bet that's, you know, all my parlays. So it's just guaranteed. But yeah, I gotta go. I, I gotta go fucking Nunez on this submission. That's, that's a beautiful bet. Yeah. Obviously, I'm riding the same boat here. I, there's, there's, there's no reason to put any money anywhere to even think about putting money on a two and two fighter going against the greatest female fighter that's ever stepped in the cage. Like that's just not how that works. You know, Juliana Pena can be as good and as adequate a fighter as she wants to be. She's still so many levels below Amanda Nunez. Like, and that 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 shows in her fights. You know, she takes even the slight step up to gdr you know gdr is not amanda nunez level it, it's still that gdr is like a knockoff amanda yeah yeah that's a thing. <laughs> exactly yeah that's it's awesome. just like there's yeah the only i i love the plus 400 submission finish bet other than that i'm just throwing amanda nunez on top of it's almost all of my bets as a uh, parlay booster because she's she's not losing it's <laughs> worth it even for the five cents yeah Literally. She will not lose. She literally. No. Yeah. No. This is this is a this is a can't lose. You can put out. You, especially you can put the house, the yacht, everything on this. You might only get back a shitty broken lawnmower, but you're gonna make some money. It doesn't yep. matter, right? Julian Pena is talking so much shit, and yeah. I, I just don't know how this line isn't even higher, honestly. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm excited. It's gonna be a banger. Anytime you get to see the women's goat fight, it's it's awesome. Um. But it's. And, Enough about that. I, I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about on this main event here. Um, so I want to talk to you guys about Charles Oliveira against Dustin Poirier. Wow. I mean, this is this is a scrap, to say the least. Charles Oliveira right now on Bovada at plus 133. Dustin Poirier minus 165. 
I want to hear from you guys first because I know people are pretty split on this fight. I'm going to give you a couple more lines real quick. Um, Dustin by knockout plus 110. Charles by knockout plus 650. Charles by submission plus 245. Uh, decision, they're both around 550 for Dustin, 625 for Charles. Uh, how do you guys feel about this fight? So this is going to bring up something that I believe in very deeply. And I will continue to believe it forever. Jiu-Jitsu guys are fake as shit. Jiu-Jitsu guys are always fake as shit. None of them are fucking real. Like, they're all fucking fake. Charles Oliveira, congrats on your ground game. You have to get a wrestler to the ground. You have to do that part first. How are you going to fucking do that? Are you going to drag him against a fence and drag him to the ground? Like, what what are you going to do? How are you going to get him to the ground? Because he's not going to take you down like he took down Connor. You have to take him down and actually like wrestle him down. So, like from that standpoint, it's like it, it looks uneven for me. If somehow, if 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 Charles Oliveira somehow figured out wrestling and can take down Dustin Poirier, I'll be fucking surprised because Khabib struggled with it. And Oliveira is nowhere near the grappler. Submission artist for sure. Grappler, no. And his Poirier's boxing is so much better than his. That I think, like, when Oliveira got knocked out, knocked down versus Michael Chandler. Chandler's a wild striker. He's not a precise, like, set you up, do all this. Like, like Poirier is going to throw in combos. He's going he's gonna to move you in and out, go to the body, <clears throat> mix it up, keep you really frustrated. And I, I don't see where Oliveira really has that. Like, Oliveira, his only advantage is on the ground if it gets to a submission. Like, he's good at everything else, but his only advantage is there. So what are you going to do? Are you going to wear down Dustin Poirier for four rounds and hope you can take him down? Like, he's not going to Khabib and just shoot off the break. He's got to bank on a silly trip or anything like that. And even then, it took Khabib a little while to get the submission off. Like, we're looking at a shitty version of Khabib. Like, that's all this dude is. I fucking hate Charles Oliveira. I really do. He's a fucking bum. Jiu-Jitsu guys have no place. No place. If you don't have wrestling, no fucking place. It's evident. So, yeah, no, I, I, I go, I ride heavy with Dustin here. I think he's a better striker on the feet, more power on the feet. Good luck, Charles, getting the fucking ground. If you figure it out, I just won't talk for a while. <laughs> Alex, how you feeling about it? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty similar. I don't, not as, not as hateful as JT. I, I, I respect Oliveira and what he like, though, how far his striking has come, you know, since he was just that super, one of the best jujitsu guys in the fucking UFC, you know, that you can't take that away from him. Since he was that, he's added a lot to his striking. He's, you know, really clean. He throws, he's got a lot in his bag. Unfortunately, he's just not as good as Dustin Poirier in that aspect. And so it negates all of that, you know. It'd be different if Dustin Poirier was a guy that, you know, you could clip him and knock him out real quick and catch him with one of those wild knees that Oliver throws or front kicks or, you know, but that's not Dustin Poirier. He, he was in a firefight with Justin Gaethje and he won. He won a firefight. You're not going to just quickly knock him out like that. It's going to take, you're, you have to beat him down to TKO him. He doesn't just, you know, one punch knockout. That's not, especially not since he's moved up to light, lightweight. You're not one punch knocking out Poirier. You're going to have to string some combos together, string some shit together and actually put him down. And I just don't see that happening from Oliveira. 
the only way I see him winning is, you know, if he were to quickly snag Poirier and, you know, stay an ankle lock or, you know, literally anything, any one of those quick fucking jujitsu moves and Poirier just doesn't have time to react where maybe Poirier knocks him down, jumps on top too quick, and then he catches him. Yeah. That's, that's how I can see him winning. But for, you know, the purposes of betting wise, I, I think your money's safer with Poirier. I think he has a more complete game. Like Jacob said, you're not going to, how are you going to get him to the ground to instill your jujitsu? And then even once you get to that point, it's not like Dustin Poirier is fucking garbage at jujitsu. Like the dude knows what he's doing on the ground. He's actually it, got pretty good fucking yeah, jujitsu. Yeah, it's really, really fucking good. on Khabib. Like he only, he yeah, it's, oh, it was tight as fuck. If he yeah. could have just controlled the body, like he had, he had, he had him finished with that. Even Khabib was nervous about that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, don't get like, me. Where, and, and like my thing with Charles is just like, fuck, man. Like you, you literally have one thing here. And also, like, Brazilians in general. Fuck all Brazilians. I'll say it. They're overrated. They right. are not. All right, Colby Covington, calm down. down there. No, I will. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. Um, but um, yeah. No, I, I just really think like another thing that goes into it as well is that Oliveira is holding the belt. He is undisputed champion. That's in the books. Whereas Poirier doesn't have that, you know, there's a little extra motivation there, you know? So it's just like, you know, you win a world series, the world series drought the year after, after you win it, you have less motivation to get in there and train and better yourself. Poirier still hasn't reached that top. He still needs that goal. He still needs that to achieve what he wanted to in this sport. And so I think he has a little extra motivation going into this, which means in my mind, he's willing to take on a little more punishment before his body will give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think Dustin Poirier's, you know, he's got all the experience. Um, he's obviously a, a better boxer and everything. Um, but I'm actually gonna fade you guys here. I love, I love Charles Oliveira. I am a big, I, I love his fighting style. I think his striking has improved drastically. He was able to do to Michael Chandler what Justin Gaethje was not, what a lot of guys are are not able to do to Michael Chandler, and he's able to put him out. Um, I, Justin Gaethje likes to say that. Charles Oliveira has no heart, but we saw the dude get dropped. We saw the dude get dropped. Tricky Pitbull put up Michael Chandler, bro. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> Tricky Pitbull is a dog, so I don't, I don't need to hear it. Um, but, but Charles Oliveira, man, he like he got dropped in that first round, and he and he came back, and he sat on the stool, and he, you know, he came out early second round and knocked out Michael Chandler, and he looked good doing it. His, his striking is so precise. I mean, like he said, he said Gaethje couldn't put him out in three rounds. I knocked him out in my le- with my left hand in the second round. Like, he's just very, very precise. He's calculated. Um, he just looks smooth out there. And I think Dustin, um, Dustin is, he, although his, his grappling is good, he's susceptible to those, to those finishes, to getting submitted. Like, he, he just is. Um I think Oliveira, if he gets him on the ground, he's not going to miss an opportunity to take something, whether it's his neck or a limb or, or, or something. Um, and I think you're underrating Oliveira's wrestling just a little bit, JT, when when you're saying that. Because, I mean, watch what he did. 
watch what he did to Tony Ferguson. He picked him up over his head and slammed him on the ground like 18 times. I mean, the dude, he's, he's definitely, obviously that's a different Tony Ferguson and Dustin Poirier at this point in his career is a better wrestler than that. Tony Ferguson's Ferguson's not a, he's not a stuff you stuff your takedown kind of wrestler. He he scrambles off of everything. Yeah, he rolls. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where I feel like um, Oliveira, man, he's, He's a dog. I think he he likes being in this spot. I don't think he wants to lose it for a while. And I I don't know. He's he hasn't shown that he's chinny. Like yeah, he got put dropped by Chandler in the first round. But after that, you know, dude got back up, survived, and knocked him out in the second. And he's fought some, you know, not his resume isn't great. And I think that's the, that's the one knock on him. But but he has shown that. You know, like he can get hit with shots and eat them and, and not be too chinny. But I, I don't know. I think at plus money, I love Oliver in this fight. I think that Poirier is definitely getting a lot of love because of his name. The dude beat Conor McGregor twice, and people are acting like he's God. He's very good. Um, but I, I think he's definitely getting a lot of love, and this should be a much more even money fight. My only point I want to take away from that is I don't think Poirier's name is big because of just because of the Conor McGregor fights. Like he went through the gauntlet before McGregor. Like he's faced McGregor twice or McGregor three times. He faced Khabib. He's faced Max Holloway twice. He's faced Eddie Alvarez. He faced Justin Gaethje. He faced Anthony Pettis. He like he's gone through more guys in one year with the high level names than all did in just this last year. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, and like, then that's why I think he gets that hype. I think he earned that hype a little more. He has, but I'm saying from a casual standpoint, we're casual. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, for sure, sure. I get what you're yeah, saying. Casual. Like you and I, you and I aren't for sure. I get what you're saying. You and I are like, I just don't want, body of you know, I'm, I'm just trying to clarify. Mind. I don't think it's just the Connor McGregor. Oh, he beat McGregor. So he's overhyped type thing. I don't, that, in my opinion, that's not what it is. I think, I, yeah. I, I think he's beat a good number of the light heavyweights best dudes that have ever been in the UFC and yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of casuals that have just watched those two fights and yes like yes okay, I, well, I definitely agree with that this is I, a, I give Justin a, is a, a monster he just and he is he's very very good don't get me wrong I just think but Justin Poirier is the DC to John Jones essentially yes like, like I, Khabib left and so it's like it's like okay realistically DC's beating the I, fuck out of everybody in the lightweight division. And I think Poirier's the same dude. He's beating the fuck out of everybody in the lightweight division. I'll be able to see how this one goes. I think it's going to be a firefight. Like, both of these guys, early at least, both of these guys are oh, yeah. are very much fast-paced guys. Like, this is going to come out early. Charles is out of the gates early all yeah. the time. Throwing shooting for takedowns, shooting for random, just trying to get the fight into an awkward position so he can take your back and sub you. And it's Mm -hmm. exciting, man. Like this is going to be a really, really fun fight. It's one of those, I feel like there's a lot of fights on this card where you just like, don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's like multiple options that could happen and and we'll see. Um, But, but yeah, I I think it's going to be an absolute. For sure. Yeah, no, there's a lot of a lot of coin flip fights, even like as we're going through it and trying to break it down, you know, doing the research on it. It's like do all the research on it. And then I still get back. I still feel like it's a coin flip and I just have to lean towards my bias. And it's like, well, at least they should be interesting fights then. Yeah, (laughs) maybe I won't win money, but they'll be fucking interesting. Dude, if if Charles Oliveira dominates the lightweight division, I'm quitting that division. (laughs) 
you're done. I, I'm not. I'm not acknowledging it. I already acknowledge, don't acknowledge 125 because Figaro won it. And he's a Brazilian, so that's how. I mean, that's how I feel with 145. <clears throat> Max Holloway would have stayed on top. I just would have been done with it. But you know, luckily my boy. <laughs> Um, but yeah. Okay, so I, just to kind of, you know, wrap this up, I feel like this, this fight will be a banger as will a lot of, a lot of fights on this card. I mean, some prelims we didn't talk about Randy Costa's fighting Tony Kelly, Ryan Hall, and Derek Minner, Alex Perez, Matt Schnell, Andre Muniz and Eric Anders, like Bruno Silva, Jordan, right? Like there is some bangers on this card. Like some early yeah. bangers. I'm excited. Um, I'm gonna put some money on that Ryan Hall one to see how much yeah. juice I can get. Uh, money, Ryan Hall submission to see how much juice I can get started for the fight. Yeah, you might as well. Like, I mean, right now I don't see odds for it, but I'm sure they'll be they'll be up or somebody's book has it. But Ryan Hall's minus two ten on the money line. But I, I gotta throw on sub there. Like, there's just no way I'm not. Um, it's gonna be really fun. But but yeah, I, I think this will be an awesome card. I'm I'm excited. What do you what do you guys got planned for the for the night? Fuck, I am. Oh, I'm going all the way up to Warburg to watch my brother wrestle that day, and then I think I should be back. Uh, <clears throat> I'm probably going to be in this location that I'm currently in, which is Jacob's house, whether he's here or not. I'll be here drinking beer, watching the fights. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go to a friend's house, and we're going to have a lot of Modellos and hang out, and should be a pretty good night. Saturday, UFC 269, Poirier versus Oliveira um until then you can check me out on twitter uh you can check out the show at throne underscore bows you can check me out at von Flutoke. um shout out your guys stuff shout out high and inside everything yep uh you can follow me at twitter at, at bay jt you can follow me at, at alex long zero two and then our high and inside account is at high underscore n the letter n underscore inside are you guys uh are you guys recording tonight uh we're supposed to be all right cool yep. well it'll be fun i'm looking forward to the episode it's always a good time um but yeah as always i mean check out everybody at the coda cappers on twitter check out the website codasportscappers.com there's a lot of great articles uh let's get back on the winning streak this week let's win some money we'll uh i'm sure we'll all be kind of tweeting out our plays our official official plays and maybe we could do some sort of group send on amanda nunez uh, submission or something and try to I, lo- I love the group send on, on an, an, ah fuck it you know what I, you know what it is. On any also also best of luck to you in the uh, feud gambling challenge I know this Saturday play with the last last day yep. of the challenge is coming in big for you because I I'm doing the same thing yep I'm, I'm you know, sitting on his hand over there I was like all right just you wait Saturday's coming Saturday's yep. coming and that's a great matchup between you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it right now. I'm kind of blowing pace out of the water. I'm not playing anything today. Cause I don't want to like, he he's down like 20 units. Oh yeah. He's, he's so, got to make plays. He's pace is the same place I am right now. That's why soup was sitting on his hand all fucking week. Soup is only uh risked five units though. So he still has. Yeah. I saw he, he tweeted a couple today. He finally got back into it. I, I heard someone, uh, informed him of the rules. Yeah. I let him know. Douchebag. Yeah, yes. Douchebag. <laughs> but uh but yeah UFC 269 Saturday I'm sure we'll all have a ton of plays be on the lookout for that on Twitter uh let's ride let's pay some rents let's win some bets and uh we'll talk to you guys later